You are listening to the Book Your Dream Clients Podcast, bite-sized episodes from one coach to another to help you create and scale your business with simplicity. No hustle required. Welcome back to the Book Your Dream Clients podcast. We have Dr. Destiny Kopp with us today, and we're chatting all about launching an online course or a small digital product, how to get all of the ideas out of your head and on screen so that you can transform the lives of others. We're also talking about some launching strategies, effective evergreen funnels, and the mindset of being a course creator, plus some of the pitfalls to avoid. You're going to love this episode, so sit back, relax, and enjoy. Destiny, thank you so much for being on the Book Your Dream Clients podcast. I'm very excited to have you on. Lindsay, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here with you today. So why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself so we can go ahead and get started. I'd love to. So my name is Dr. Destiny Kopp. And yes, I am a doctor, but not a medical doctor. I'm an academic professor because I worked in higher education for many, many years before starting my own businesses online. And I help entrepreneurs and business owners scale their revenue with digital products and evergreen sales funnels. So I'm super excited about both. I've been in higher education for, you know, it's been over 15 years now and I started out teaching online. So I started out teaching online back Mm -hmm. in the dark ages when I had people asking me, what do you do? You teach online? Like people really learn online. I'm like, Mm -hmm. yes, it is a thing. And, you know, now with COVID and everything, it's become a lot more popular and people really truly understand what it is and how it works because their kids have been doing it for so long. But, Mm -hmm. you know, when I first started, it really was very new in the marketplace. But that's what I'm passionate about, teaching online, helping others build out their digital product portfolio, whether it's with online courses or memberships, and also helping them scale it with evergreen sales funnels versus live launches. And we can go into details on that too, if you ever have any Mm -hmm. questions on that. Okay, awesome. So I love that you started teaching online 15 years ago, because not a lot of people like you said, even knew that was even possible. I mean, when we think about 15 years ago online, it was just doing things on Facebook or was Facebook even around then? I don't even no, know. How no, did it you... wasn't. Facebook even wasn't a thing then. That's how <laughs> old I am. <laughs> so I started teaching online back in 2005. And that's just when online education at the higher, you know, at the university level mm-hmm. was really just starting to take off. A lot of the traditional type of universities, like my son goes to Georgia Tech, they weren't doing online at that point in, at that point in time, mm-hmm. but a lot of the more non-traditional type universities started going down that path because a lot of students were coming to them or, or prospect or prospective students were coming to them saying, you know, I'm working full time, right? I don't have time to, you know, quit my job and go do a traditional type MBA or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever they wanted to go do. So that's really when it started to become popular and when, you know, the demand out there, you know, was for online learning. I remember, I think when my brother was going to college on, he did a little bit online and 
in that same year. And I thought, boy, that would have been nice when I went to college because I hated college. I, <laughs> I hated the social aspect of it so very much. I would have, I would have done really well in online school, but that's for another subject, which is why the time that we are able to do what we do now is so amazing. And I feel so grateful for this platform every day that we are able to do this because this is so new yet so innovative for the future of, of learning and owning your business. And I think it's so cool how we can take an idea and uh, put it out online, but then there comes this, like, how do we get from the idea of something? Like, I'm really good at something. I'm really good at explaining this. How do we get it from brain to an online course? Like, how do we even get started with that? So that is a, a very good question. And it's quite frankly, it's one that a lot of people struggle with. And I will say, even when, you know, I started my own online business, it was hard for me in the beginning, right? To figure out what exactly am I going to focus on? What exactly am I going to do? Because quite frankly, at that point in time, I had, a, you know, and I still do, I had a lot of different things that I could teach about because I had a lot of expertise in a lot of different areas. Like for instance, one of the areas that I thought about teaching in and really helping people in because I'm really good at it is kind of like the productivity and kind of that organizational type thing. And, and that was actually one of the things that I, you know, originally thought I might do something on. But basically what I do, Lindsay, and what I always tell people to do is, you know, if you have a bunch of different things that you're interested in teaching people and helping people with, you know, write them all down and kind of categorize them and figure out, you know, is this, is this an area that I want to go in? And it's not like you can't go down one path and pivot later. I certainly have done that. So let's just say for sake of argument that I had decided to go down the path of productivity and helping people, you know, with, with that. Maybe it was, you know, project management plans, productivity in their business and, and so on and so forth. If you wanted to create a course around that, there's different ways you can go about it. What I like to do is think about step-by-step-by-step -step -step processes. Now, caveat here, and I want to just mention this because we have, you know, might be some teachers listening or even some of my, you know, old university professors listening, how you create an online course to sell it in the marketplace is different than what you would do at the university level or maybe even K through 12. Because people who are buying courses in the marketplace, like you and me, so if we go out to Udemy or any of those course marketplaces or we're searching for a course on a particular topic, we're not necessarily interested in what, you know, this course is teaching me X, Y, and Z. We're more interested in what's the transformation that this course is going to give me. So going back to my productivity example, assuming I had one, you know, gone down that path, the, one of the first things I would need to do, bef even before I started like laying out the steps, is decide and kind of figure out what is the transformation am I going to promise or give my students? So someone going through this course and, you know, they complete this course, at the end of this course, what are they going to be able to achieve? 
you know, they're starting out in point B, point A, where they are today, which is their undesired state. It's not where they want to be. They want to get to point B, which is their desired state. What is what does that state look like? So going back to the productivity example, you know, maybe their computer files are all disorganized. They don't have any type of project management system. They feel like, you know, from day to day to day, they're just barely keeping their head under, you know, over water. You know, the transformation might be, you know, they have they know exactly what they need to be working on for the day. Their Google calendar is very structured and they have it all laid out, you know, so you get the point. So to answer your question, the what they need to first start thinking about is what is that promise transformation? I I agree 100%. The transformation is what we need to be working on. And so many times I will see Um, Students or clients work on the details before they even get into the transformation. And I, in my opinion, that's just a way of procrastinating you moving forward with your course or a product or whatever you're trying to sell, because it's not, it's, it's so much more comfortable for us, for me anyway, to be in the creative state, right? And if we can sit and think about all the tiny little details the branding, the every, the workbooks, all the things that we want to include in the course. And then here comes the point where we need to actually be talking about it with other people. We have no idea what all of the details we've been spending so much time on are even going to do. We don't even know how they're going to change someone's life. Do you agree that that is a problem out there when it comes to creating something online? Yeah, I absolutely do. Because I think we as human beings, when we're creating something, uh, we put our blood, our sweat and tears into it. We know intuitively, you know, to something, we know what we want to achieve when we, you know, pull this together for folks, but you always have to keep in mind, you know, that end user and when they are looking at the sales page or the checkout page or whatever you're going to put together to sell your group, you know, your coaching program or your course, they're going to be looking at it and thinking in their mind, is this going to change my life or how is this going to change my life? So everything that you put together needs to tie into that, that feeling, right? They're, they're going to get when they're looking at that sales page, are they going to be looking at it and say, oh, this is exactly what, what I need. This is exactly what's the missing piece in my life. Mm-hmm. And that comes down to knowing who your person is inside and out and more than likely, and it probably should go this way. It, it was you at a time prior to today, right? It was you in the past and you should be speaking to yourself. And I think that's that's always avoided as well is we always want to come up with something new and fresh and talk to a whole different group of people because we're trying to be like somebody else online and nothing's really the communication. There's something lost in there and we don't even recognize the journey we've been on. And here our past three, five, 10 years have been the course lived out. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And and I love that. I love what you're um, suggesting there is, you know, that transformation is maybe what you have done and what you've accomplished in your life. And what I love about, you know, working with coaches and service providers is they tend to know their clients very well, right? Because they're working one-on-one with them. And I think the more you can really work 
you know, hand to hand and, you know, one-on-one with your, your clients, the better off you're going to be when it comes to building a course or a group coaching program that has a course bundled in with it. Mm -hmm. So a lot of coaches are probably working with their clients right now. And they're wondering, should I create a group program? Am I ready for something a thousand dollars or more, or should I start small with a digital product? How do you help them figure this out? So I, I'm not, I don't think that there's any right or wrong way to go about this, but what I like about higher priced programs for coaches and some of the benefits of it, number one, a coach is generally is going to have some high touch points with their clients, right? Even if, even if you're still bundling in an online course, you're still going to be working fairly closely with someone, whether it's maybe you're upselling them one-on-one services in addition to the course, or you have some type of group coaching program, or maybe you're doing group coaching every other week, or maybe you're doing even some boxer type coaching or text-based coaching or email coaching. You're going to have that high touch point with your clients. And with that, I think it needs to be a higher price point. And there's a lot of benefits into having that higher price point. Number one, you don't have to have, this may seem obvious, but you don't have to have as many clients, right? To meet your revenue goals. So if your revenue goal is, you know, $10,000 a month, you know, that's going to be very different in terms of the number of clients you need to be working with than if you're selling a low cost, what I call more like a low cost product, like a, a mini course or a tiny offer. So I, you know, I think for coaches, I like to see the more higher priced programs, whether it's $1,000, $2,000, just because you have so much hands-on that you're doing with your clients and they need that from you. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. And I think that's just a great way to get initial gigantic idea out of your head and out into the world to serve more people. If we don't even look at it as, you know, selling something, if we look at it in a different perspective, the world needs my course, the world needs my program. And the only way this is going to serve people is if I package it all up. It's like, like how I brand stand up coaching Academy. It's the one-stop shop for coaches. You don't have to go anywhere else. That's all here for you. And then there is going to come a time after you have your course out there and it's running and you have students coming in and you're going to come into this place where you're like, gosh, I kind of want to have something smaller, maybe a, a digital product out there. How do you know what to put in a digital product? This is a question I get all the time. How do I know what to put in a digital product and not something that should go on my course? How do I differentiate the two? Oh, I've got a really good answer for you. Awesome. <laughs> so a couple of things, and I just want to kind of frame this up a little bit more. First of all, I do love mini courses. And I think that there's a lot of ways that you can use a mini course in a coaching, you know, if, if you're a coach, one, you can use it as a tripwire. So somebody signs up for your free lead magnet, they can, you know, on the thank you page, you can offer it. If you are participating in like a virtual summit or some type of industry bundle, you can use that as your kind of your high end, you know, your offer, if you would, your pay type offer that you might be giving away in something like that to really add some value. So I think 
all of us at some point, I have several different mini courses that I offer in my business and I use it in a lot of different ways. But to answer your question specifically is what do I put in a mini course versus what I might put in my full-blown signature type program? I always think uh, or tell people to think about where are your folks getting stuck when they just need to get started? So I'll give you some examples here. So in my one of my previous roles, I was a Facebook and Instagram ads consultant. And, you know, I had a lot of people who were coming to me, Lindsay, that weren't quite ready, quite frankly, for me to be running Facebook and Instagram ads for them. And I just, I, you know, unethically, ethically, I didn't feel like I could, you know, take mm -hmm. that on because I just didn't think that their funnel and everything was where it needed to be. So they were really getting stuck initially in just like kind of proving their funnel, right? So I put together this little mini course. It was like an ad starter kit just to get them started, just so they could dip their toes into Facebook and Instagrams. And I walked them through a very, very simple setting up a Facebook ad lead campaign uh, just for a lead magnet that they had. And I walked them through exactly how to set it up. I walked them through exactly what audience to go target. So it really just allowed them so they didn't have to pay, you know, thousands of dollars to me for a Facebook and Instagram ads consultant. They could kind of test it out and get started. And when they were ready, they could come to me. So think about where your audience, where your folks are getting stuck and what's that little piece of information that you can give them to get, to just help them take that next step. It's almost like a prerequisite before they go into your class, right? I would prefer you to try this first or have this implemented before you dive into the real deal, right? I think that, I think that's perfect. That's a perfect example. So, okay. We have our program out there and our digital course. I don't, what's, you've been around doing this for 15 years. How has marketing changed? I think marketing has definitely changed a lot within the last year or two. I don't think it's as easy to promote your, your products, in my opinion, to cold audiences. What's the differences between marketing back then to, or maybe like an evolution of marketing for course creators. Can you talk to people about that? Yeah. I mean, I'll, you know, I've worked in marketing for, I'm probably going to really date myself now. It's been close to 30 years and things have definitely changed over time. There mm -hmm. is absolutely no way to, I mean, I couldn't even begin to talk to you about the, you know, the changes that have taken place, but to your point and to your question, just in the past few years, things have changed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I would say consumers and certainly business owners and entrepreneurs out there, they, you know, they know when they're being marketed to, right? Mm -hmm. Your, you know, coaching clients know when they're being marketing to. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but what they're looking for is, you know, that personalized type marketing. And, you know, even, even in Evergreen Sales Funnels, which is something that I'm very passionate about, I think we can still be very personalized. I've sent out two emails this week to my list and I had, you know, a ton of replies from it. Maybe people were just replying back and this was a broadcast email. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think you still have to be personal in your marketing and really 
have that hands-on with the people in your audience, whether it's you're, you know, chatting back and forth with them on Instagram and the DMs, whether it's sending out a broadcast email like I did and go back and forth with folks via email and figuring out how you can help them, you know, just it's that personalization that is going to be, it's going to continue to be important. I agree. I think there's a lot to say about evergreen um, strategies. And I think that removing yourself fully from a strategy is very dangerous. It's not, I don't think we should ever set something up and forget it and then just expect it to do its thing eventually. Like we still should be present in it. Cause I always ask the question, why did you set up your business? If you want to walk away from it so much, like that never made sense to me, like get, get in there. To me, I created this because I want to get my hands dirty every day. Cause I enjoy I enjoy getting my hands dirty in my business. So I love evergreen, but then there comes a point where it almost feels like it can feel so distant for you after it's set up for a while. So we need to be trying new things in our business. Now, when it comes to social media and promoting your your course and your digital product, just in my experience, it seems a lot more, I'm, I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer over here, but back in three years ago, four years ago, it was so much easier to get people off the platforms and go to your, your landing pages, your sales pages, it seemed so much easier back then. So now what do you, what do you say to people? Because it's harder than ever to get people off of Instagram, get off of Facebook and go somewhere. It's, it's difficult, but there is a way to get them off of there. What is your recommendation? So, you know, I'll just mention uh, a couple of things that have worked for me. And I, I, you know, I'm not huge. I'll I'll give you a caveat here. I don't promote a lot on social media. I focus more on my website and driving like SEO traffic Mm -hmm. to my website. So the majority of the people that are coming in to my world are finding me on Google or, you know, possibly even Pinterest, but basically it's, mm-hmm. it's more search engine type stuff than it is social media type stuff. But to, you know, for, for social media and just lead magnets in general, which would apply to my website too, right? I, my, I continue to update them on a regular basis based on the feedback that I'm getting from my audience. And I think that's so very critical because trends change, your audience needs change. I mean, they do change, maybe even quarterly they change. So Mm -hmm. even if you set up an evergreen sales funnel, I would recommend that you go back and refresh that webinar or refresh that Mm -hmm. lead magnet on a regular basis, because, you know, you've, and and it goes back to Lindsay and what you were saying, you have to constantly talk to your audience, roll up your sleeves, figure out what do they need from you? And you have to be continuing to meet those needs. I know that for me, what my audience right now and what is a big, a big deal and what they're searching for, because I go in and look at all the reports, they're looking for information on evergreen sales funnels. So that's what I'm focused on providing them and giving them training on. I think it's so important to pay attention to what she just said is I have my website working for me. I I concentrate on the SEO. I concentrate on it's not all about social media, right? We know that. And especially when we're recording this in October last month, was it last month or was it this month still when 
Instagram and Facebook shut down. I thought that was awesome because we didn't have to worry about social media for like a whole day and it was great. And there are so many people who put all their eggs in the social media basket. And then when things like that happen, they're, they're lost. They don't know how to get people onto their website because they haven't put in the work to, to, to optimize it, to do the things that they need to be doing. So it's really important to, to not rely on social, right? So we see a lot of people who just started, and I just had a conversation with a student uh, last week, and she said, when I first started my business, I had, I have a huge social media following. So I thought, well, this is going to be easy for me. And she said, and it's not because it's not all about social media. It's about doing the, doing the outside work. So if people are thinking, oh, I can't promote my course. I can't promote my, you know, small product out there because I don't have a big following. That's simply not true. But how do you promote when you're just starting? How do you get your website and everything amped up and ready to go? So people are coming to you to find solutions. I think that we set up a website and we think everyone will, everyone in the world will see it right away. And we can get so disappointed when we don't see those numbers go, go crazy high right away, or even after a year, can you just talk them through that? Yeah. So I don't think it's not like a get rich quick type thing, right? Mm -hmm. I think it takes it takes time. And I will say that blog post that I did back in, you know, 2018, I'm still seeing results from those. Right. Mm -hmm. So, but it is, it's taken a while, right. For me to get this content posted on my website, I probably have, I don't know. I I was looking at it the other day. I was looking at my content list of all the, you know, all the podcast episodes I had and all the blog posts I had, and I probably have over 220. Mm -hmm. So it took a while, right. For me to build up that type of content on my website. And that's what helps with that SEO. The other thing that I have placed a lot of focus on, Lindsay, is more PR type efforts. So mm-hmm. like being a guest, like right, what I'm doing today on this podcast, that's a way to get your name out there and to promote a lead magnet that you have that people might not otherwise know about you. So that I highly recommend thing like things like that. I recommend, you know, speaking at summits. That's another, Mm -hmm. another thing, you know, guest blogging. That's another thing to do. Anything that you can do to get your name out there when you're just starting out, getting people so that they know you, they can sign, you know, they know, give them the free offer, right? When you're a guest on somebody's podcast, if the, if you have that opportunity, give them the link for your free offer. So you can start building that email list. And I can't, emphasize this enough, building your email list is one of the most important things that you will do in your business. That the SEO is important mm-hmm. too in building your email list. So if I had a couple of things that I would focus on, it would be those. And you notice I didn't mention really anything about social media there. I love it. Cause that's where, that's where I'm going with this. It's don't rely just on social media to grow your business. It's going to be really, really disappointing <laughs> if that's what you're, if that's your thing. Uh, and it feels like destiny has been listening on the back end of all of my calls with my students on exactly what to do to, to build your business. It's, it's all of those things. And that when you're starting to feel frustrated because you put in all the work to set up your business and you're not seeing any results, it's time for you to branch out and do those things like get on other podcasts, go do lives and other Facebook groups, say yes to different summit spots. 
if you really want this, those opportunities will present themselves to you. I promise. And so many times people will ask me, how do you get on summits? And I say, I have no idea. People will just come up and ask me to be, to be in them. But those things are such great gateways because I just have, I just had a new uh, club member come in and because I was in a summit from a long time ago. So you don't know how long you will be embedded in the back of someone's mind. And they might say, well, maybe in January, I'll join your program or in June, I'll do this. You have no idea. And that's why it's so important to show up for those people who are going to put you in the back of their mind. You're not going to go away. So be memorable, memorable to them as well, by giving them something, you know, like that, like Destiny said, some kind of a free offer or whatever it is. Those things really put you out and it gets you out of that beige audience of everyone doing the same thing and gives you some color so you can stand out in front of everybody. I love everything that you said there, Lindsay. And I love the fact that you mentioned that it really just builds upon itself. I would say that, you know, I've just kept at it, right? I just didn't quit and kept at it. I did want to quit in the beginning. I'll just go ahead and mm-hmm. tell you that. I And to, that, to something you said earlier, I thought this was going to be easy for me too, right? I was a college marketing professor. I have all this experience in marketing. I didn't even talk about some of the stuff I've done in marketing. <laughs> I didn't even mention mm-hmm. it to you, but I was like, this is going to be so easy for me. It wasn't in the beginning. It took time and it took perseverance and it took me just doing the right things to build the building blocks of my business. Having patience with your business. It all comes down to that. I think that's a tool that we can't find or purchase. And that's why it's so frustrating, right? We can put our websites up with the click of a button and post something on social media, make something really pretty in Canva And we can do that really quick, right? But we can't bring the people to us as fast as we want them to see it. We can't help people as fast as we want to help them, but we have to erase that impatience and be okay with the entire process because it will come for you. And like, like destiny said, I, I put in the work. Yes. There were times where I wanted to quit, but I just kept going. I kept doing it because you knew that there was something there for you. What's your drive? Like what makes you do this every day? So, you know, in my, a couple of things in my business, first of all, I definitely love helping people, right? I wouldn't have been a college marketing professor all those years if I didn't really love teaching and helping people. But I, you know, on the flip side of that, I would say my family, right? I have two young boys that I need to support and, you know, that's one of the things that definitely keeps me going and I don't want to quit because of them. I feel the same way about my little ones. And, (laughs) you know, even when we're having fun and I say, okay, I got to go to a meeting They're They're okay with that because they know that it makes, it makes me happy. Right. And they know that this is all for everybody. It's for the, for our family. It's for, for, for today and for tomorrow. And I think that when our business is making us happy, your family sees that you don't want your business to be this big stress ball that you created. Cause we did create these things, right? So we don't want it to be this big, massive stress that of impatience that isn't serving us. And I don't think that's why we created our business in the first place. What do you say to people who don't have enough patience to grow their business? I mean, I I agree with you. You have to have the patience and you also need to be able to, if things aren't working the way you thought they were supposed to work, you have to be able to kind of pivot and figure out, well, should I try this or should I try that? Not that you need to be 
um, pivoting constantly, mm-hmm. but you might need to be tweaking things, right? You, and most importantly, you need to be looking at your data, right? Looking at the data and figuring out what is the data telling me to do or what is the data telling me I should do next? Mm-hmm. It is. It's important to be aware of the things in front of you and that could be coming at you. But I always say, just trust. If you believe that this is a good a good move for you and your business, just trust it and give it some time. Yesterday, we're, we're doing some school and we're talking about praying. And my daughter asked me, so any, anything I pray for, I'll get then. Right. And I said, well, God always wants to answer, answer our prayers. Right. But it's not always going to be what we think is best because we have no idea what's best for us. And I said, it kind of applies to everything right in our business. We have these big dreams and asks, but it's not always going to come up to us in the way that we wanted it to present it. It's going to come in the way it's supposed to be. And we have to really just trust that. And it's not a sexy answer. It's not fun sometimes. And sometimes it's, it's, it's really hard to hear, but that is going to help you grow long-term because I don't want to be a short-term coach. I don't want to be a one hit wonder coach. I always say, I want to be a coach who's here for the long haul because I have, I have big dreams, right? So the only way that I can make those happen is if I am patient launching courses and creating things to help our audiences is great. But if we're not patient with allowing it to get to the person, the time that it's going to take the other, the alternative sounds better to me. I'm just going to wait and see and trust that it'll get there. So as the old saying goes, patience is a virtue. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It really is. And I talk about that a lot on these episodes. I mean, we're almost at 200 episodes here too. So you guys have probably heard me say that and you're like, oh gosh, here she goes again on her patience um, speech. But it is so true. We can put those fancy titles and all of those things out there, but they're never going to get to where they're supposed to be if we don't allow them to get there. And I think it's important. It's an important tool for coaches and course creators to have to teach their students and clients as well. Do you agree? Absolutely. And as, as you were walking through that, and I was just thinking about that and, you know, all the things that I've done over the years and created, whether it was with the blogs I created, the podcasts I created, I've launched two virtual summits you know, you put a lot of work and energy into all of that and it just builds upon itself. There's a lot of things that are happening in my business today that if I had not done three and four years ago, I would not be to where I am today. I love that. Don't, Mm -hmm. don't discount those things that you, you just kind of thought were small or didn't pan out the way you did you thought they would right away. I love that because I think everything that's presented to us, those opportunities, whether it's being in some as our podcasts or just having an idea for a blog was they're there for a reason. So don't give up on them because you don't want to wait for the results. This is a really fun conversation. I think we went to like tactical things we can do. We can launch our course. We can create it. We can do all those things, but then we went into the mindset of it. And I think that's really important to, to that conversation um, to have because not a lot of people talk about that destiny because it isn't as exciting to say um, that over, oh yeah, you can get your course launched in 30 days and you'll have six figures in no time. I mean, we can say that, but it's not necessarily true. So I appreciate you kind of going all over the place with me with this. 
Yeah, and I, I think that we do folks a disservice when we say, you know, you can watch a course and you can make six figures with it because that may be the case. That may not be the case. Yeah, I think we have to be realistic in our expectations and know that things are different for different people. And none of them, just because you didn't make, you know, six figures or even 10,000 in your first launch, right? Doesn't mean that it was it wasn't a success. It doesn't mean that you failed or anything. It just, it just means that what you did, quite frankly, was working and you can build and expand upon it. Yes, it, it worked. So mm-hmm. keep going. My first launch, I made $5,000 and I was like, that's amazing because I could have not done this and not made $5,000. So I'm just going to keep on doing it. And again, small numbers. Nobody talks about those. So I think it's important to be very transparent in your business because you're going to inspire people to keep doing the same. I love that. Destiny, thank you so much for being on. Can you share with everyone where they can find you? So the best place to find me is just my website. You can go there. I have free gifts and free resources there. If you're interested in creating online courses or evergreen sales funnels, it's just destinycop.com. And Lindsay, I'm sure you'll put that in the show notes. Of course you are. You took my line from me. I will put that in the show notes and I really appreciate you sharing your perspective and all of your wisdom when it comes to marketing and online courses. So thank you for spending time with us here, Destiny. Lindsay, thanks so much for having me. I had so much fun here today. Before you go, I want to invite you to join my free Facebook group for coaches. Simply type dreamclientcommunity.com in your browser, request access, and we'll happily let you in. We have amazing coaches in there just like you who are starting and scaling their business, and we would love to see you there.